Hi, I'm writer-director John Cunningham of BLT. You're listening to the LAV podcast. Flying Bull Productions presents LAV, Literature and Film. Good stuff. Yeah. It's the Laugh Podcast, Literature and Film Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm the, the L Train. Over there is Mr. Two Frames. How are you today, sir? Doing well. We are going back in time, or forward in time. I don't know. We're going to be talking about Terminator Genesis. You know who I am? We've been prepping for you to arrive for over a decade. We. The Terminator. It is nice to meet you. I've been trying to teach him to blend in. I know it needs work. John. Hi, Mom. How can you be here? What are you doing? John! What have they done to my son? Survival's what you taught me. Awesome movie. Yeah. In this movie, this is the fifth or the sixth? Fifth movie. Iteration. Fifth movie, sixth iteration of the Terminator story. Because there was also the TV show, the Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. (sighs) John Connor sends Kyle Reese back in time to protect Sarah Connor. (laughs) But when he arrives in 1984, nothing is as as it is expected to be. So this is the same plot, sounds like, from Terminator. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely playing on the tropes of Terminator, but nothing's the way it's, he expects it to be. Well, some of it it's was... It's all different. Some of it was the way it, it, he expected it to be. Like, there's a young Arnold there, a T-800, like the original T-800, and he meets some punks. He shows them, you know, what for, and takes their clothes. So anyway, there's some good stuff. Written in, written by Leita Calgridis, Patrick Lucier, and two other writing credits. Uh, so yeah, not, notice that's just writing credits. There's, so there's probably there's a, lot a lot of more. other people who are doing writing work, and they don't get a credit for it. <sighs> that does not bode well for movies. Generally not. Directed by Alan Taylor and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jason Clark, and Amelia Clark. Um, and then who was the kid that played Jai Courtney plays a young Kyle Reese. Um, Alan Taylor was not happy about some of the marketing for the film. And there's a lot of controversy surrounding the marketing of the movie. Uh, some people knew what to expect. Some people didn't know what to expect. I was kind of looking forward to it. I know that you were looking forward to it. We talked about it on the, we laugh last week. We went and saw it and what do you think? I liked it. <laughs> I was in for the ride. I mean, it, it's not the smartest movie ever. Uh, I think it holds up pretty well as far as Terminator movies go. The first half of the movie is really good. The second half. First third. First third. All right. The But 
see, I, I want to be careful. I'm not sure how much we should give away in spoilers. And then it's weird. you already alluded to it in the trailers that were coming out for the film. They gave away a pretty important plot twist. Yeah. Now, I only saw the first tra- trailer. I'm assuming you watched none of them. Actually, I wasn't scared to watch them, but I didn't. Pay attention. I, maybe I didn't. I, I don't remember watching any of this. Actually, I probably didn't watch them. Yes, I didn't watch them because I call trailers spoilers. All right. So I, I, I actually I, didn't want. I didn't want to be spoiled. I, I think it's safe to say that the film takes place in the future, also in 1984, and then they also go modern day 2017. Right. All right. The stuff in the future was fine. They they did some stuff in 1997 too, right? No, they jumped over that. That's where uh, they skipped over 1997. Yeah. Um. They were going to go there for when Skynet originally becomes active, but okay. the timeline has shifted. The stuff in 1984, I thought all that was great. There was a lot of energy. Right. There was a lot of smart writing there. Uh, whoever was the writer of that stuff, awesome. I want to see more of your stuff. Good job. The stuff that takes place in 2017, it just felt like they were moving from one action set piece to another. Right, and you like action set pieces. <laughs> so where do these compare? Um, overall, because honestly, I mean, I don't want to sit here and you, yeah. you always give me a hard time about crapping on movies, but I can remember one time, and I don't want to necessarily give it away, but it was a, during a chase scene, and I went, oh, that was pretty cool. But then I immediately thought, oh, that was so stupid. <laughs> it would never happen. That's so ridiculous. But I was, it was still kind of cool visually to look at. And then you you seem to enjoy the eye candy a lot more than I do in terms of other action movies that rely on eye candy to to put fannies in the seats. Mm -hmm. Where does this rank? Like, what what would you give it a scale of 1 to 10? Just in terms of the visual nature of the film. In just terms of visuals, this is probably a solid 8. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, there's a lot of explosions. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. When you think about why these things are going on, the film breaks down. I can't some. think of any of them though. I can only think of that one thing. No, there are some explosions. Like there just happens to be fuel trucks whenever you need them to shoot at and to blow up. Um, I thought the stuff with the time machines that they use, I thought those were pretty cool visuals. Uh, okay. And right. with the way people would kind of levitate in the air and, you know, right. The, with the way the lights went and just the whole design of it, it's very large scale. I thought all that stuff was, Really good. I thought Arnold looked good. It didn't, Clearly, okay. they're doing a lot of special effects to him to make him look uh, younger and more um, able-bodied. I kind of like how they how they played around with that in terms of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Because he has to play... Uh, I mean, he is Arnold Schwarzenegger, age 69 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he has to play Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1984... Because, well, he, he uh, plays his slightly kind of older one. the 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 young nineteen seventies Arnold, nineteen eighties Arnold. Yeah. They got another bodybuilder. Yeah, but they who still looked like the him, face. and then used yeah some yeah. face stuff. But I mean, he still he looked big. He seemed mobile. If you've seen the Expendables two, mm-hmm. he barely can move. Really? And I think he's had at least one hip replaced. He might have had both hips replaced. Huh. So, you know, this movie, he seemed to be kind of springy. He was moving around pretty well, I feel. Yeah, but how much of that is him acting and stunt doubles and I don't know. CGI? Well, and then the other thing, and we talked about this when we got out, Arnold Schwarzenegger is only 5'10". 
Right, and they, I think they made him out to be six six or six, six five, six three. I think in the lineup, and I mean, he seems a lot taller. Uh, he seems at least on eye level with Jai Courtney, who I think is like six one in real life. So there was a lot of apple crating going on to increase his height. What did you think of Jai Courtney? I like as him. Kyle Reese. I like him. Um, I like him a lot better than I liked him in those uh, Divergent movies, right. Divergent and Insurgent. Uh, I don't think they played to his biggest strength as a movie star, his ability to run. <laughs> uh, when we did Insurgent Laugh uh, 30, I talked about I love the way he runs. He's got a very physical run. He seems like he's moving really fast. He's one, a good runner. One might argue that most people's runs are physical. No, well, some people just don't look like they're moving run. very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Wesley Snipes is a famous example. Okay. He's a super athletic guy. He's like fourth degree black belt when he was in the major league movies. He was supposed to be Fast Willie Mays or right. Fast Willie something. Right. And apparently he was just super, super Willie slow. Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. yeah. Willie Mays Hayes. Thank you. And they had to use like stunt doubles and Wait, stuff. Wait, I thought speed that that the was film. the thing that he was good at was running. Well, I'm just saying, Jai Courtney, he has a very physical run. It looks very fast. He's up there with Tom Cruise for best film runners. Okay. I thought he was a good Kyle Reese. I didn't think Michael Bean was a great Kyle Reese. I didn't like his his acting. I didn't think it played very well in Terminator 1. All right. So I, I was cool with uh, with uh, Jai Courtney. And you want, we'll probably see more of him. I think there are two more films coming. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't run any of them so down. You'll get to see a good bit of Jai Courtney. I mean, he's going to be in the new years. Insurgent movie. What else? Do you know? No. I don't oh, know okay. anything else he has. But I, I know he has those. Uh, what did you think of Emily Clark as Sarah Connor? Emily? You mean Amelia? No, Emily. <laughs> you call her M? Close friends. <laughs> you call her M. Close friends. Get away with calling her Emily. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't that pleased with her. I, I like Emilia Clark a lot. I was kind of excited to see her in the movie. She played like a 14-year-old. I mean, the dialogue seemed very pettish. And uh, uh, it was disconcerting to note how... I, I, I wanted her to be more regal. I expected her to have more control of herself as a... I just pictured someone differently. I get, I, or someone different. She, she, she has a blonde wig, or has blonde hair in Game of Thrones, but she seems a lot taller in that. Here, she seems like short and annoying. She, she is tiny. The dialogue didn't help her. At times, no. she's got to be super tough, and then other times, yeah, she's just screaming her head off, and she's completely lost to emotion. I thought she looked really young in this film. And I actually had to go and look. How old is she really? Because yeah, I she? thought she, she looked. How old youngish. do you think she looked in this film? Fourteen. Fourteen. No, she's supposed to be twenty-two, right? Or twenty? I think she's supposed to be twenty-two. I mean, yeah, she looks early twenties in the film. She's twenty-nine. What? Yeah. And then I thought, well, let me look up Linda she Hamilton. Actually, twenty-nine. Linda Linda Hamilton in the original Terminator was twenty-eight, and I was looking at photos of her. Of the both of them side by side, uh-huh. Linda Hamilton looks a lot older in the Terminator oh, yeah. film. Well, that also that haircut. Come on. Yeah, the haircut didn't do her any favors. And I looked up uh, Lena Headley, who played Sarah Connor on mm-hmm. the TV show. Well, and the 40s. TV show set like five or six years uh, 
ahead of the Terminator, the 1984 plot line set in like 1991. So Lena Headley was 35 when she did the role. Lena Headley looks older, but she looks a lot older than just the five years. Right. I don't know if that's just bad casting, bad makeup, yeah, I, a I was... hairstyle maybe you need to change on her. I mean, I it's know. not her fault for looking young. No, but she's also supposed to be an action. Like Sarah Connor is supposed to be a badass. She's not necessarily. She doesn't come across like that in this movie. Her arms were toned, not as much as Linda Hamilton's were in Terminator Two. In Terminator Two, but she worked out really hard for that movie. Yeah, and uh, she didn't want to have to go through the workout regimen to be in Terminator Three pre-production, so she just turned him down. Mm -hmm. Said, "Sorry, don't want to have anything to do with it." Um. I don't know. I mean, she was serviceable, I suppose, but not, nothing to make me really yeah. excited about the franchise. The person I liked the best was Arnold. Arnold is back. He, okay, maybe. He, I mean, he was okay. I, he's the best part of the movie. He's funny at times. He carries off the action well. Right, but that's like saying the maraschino cherry is the best part of the Sunday. So you still got to eat the Sunday. I just, I, I like that he still got it. Because I think that was my fear going in, that possibly you'd watch Arnold and just go, uh, he can't do this anymore, why are you holding on? It was going to be like Charles Bronson in the Death Wish movies. Okay. You know, why are you in this for a seventh film? Right. You should have stopped at one. <laughs> but no, I, I like that he's still doing it. I, I like that it appears that he'll be in the sequels. Are you certain that there will be sequels? Apparently they're moving forward uh, because the rights revert back to James Cameron in yeah, 2019. But they're trying to pump out two more by 2019. Here. Yeah, I think you Before can do that. that. Yeah, but do you think the studios are going to greenlight them? I think so. Uh, right now, uh, Terminator Genesis made 27 million opening weekend here in America. Mm. Uh, so far, six days in, it's at 45.8 million domestically, and it's already made 85 million uh, in the foreign markets. And it's only open in about half of the foreign markets right now. So this should make north of $200 million. All right. That's not bad. Not bad, I suppose. But when you have a, a budget of $150 million and you're not, and you're only making back, a, you know, whatever, 33% of that or 27.5%, yeah. is it worth it? Is it worth it to a studio to, to put that out? And then James, doesn't James Cameron have so many other projects and... That he won't want to develop yeah, anything. Yeah, why would he? Like, if they effectively destroy this franchise, why would he want to resurrect I don't it? think this is destroying the franchise. This is arguably better, uh, or easily arguably better than Terminator Salvation. Easily, arguably. Easy, easily. Uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. I think I like this movie more than the third one. I wish that they would go back to being R-rated. Right, this is PG-13, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of... Mm -hmm. decent violence in it at all. If you go back to being R-rated, then you have to rely on sex instead of violence. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's some cursing. Like, the standard is so is so low for violence to be a PG-13 movie. Like, uh, what was a movie we saw recently had a lot of blood? Oh, Jurassic World. It had a lot of blood and violence and a lot of people being eviscerated, chewed apart by giant mon dinosaurs. Yeah, so, PG-13s have gone a little harder. I would agree with that. I don't know. I think the Terminator franchise is moving in the right direction. Hopefully they've planned this out to be a trilogy. They're not just figuring it out as they go along. Well, what do you think? 
I, I do think they've set up some interesting stuff for another film. All right. I mean, needless to say, there is a scene after the credits to always leave open the possibility of a sequel. Right. There is and a I don't think if you feel like sitting around. Yeah. And that's not giving anything away with today's blockbusters. You almost always have to set up the sequel. All right. I wonder if I should ask you this question or save it for a, the spoiler section, but you can answer if you're able to without spoiling anything. There was one point in the movie where you jumped. Yeah. You ju- I got a little you scared. Jumped at this, you got scared. Well, it was a jump scare. It wasn't that scary, Mr. Two Frames. It yeah. Didn't, it the, the the jarring part of that whole thing was the whole <laughs> the whole row of seats moving. I actually I looked over at you like what the what are you? Well, that's because you were falling half asleep. No, I was, I was into the. Film. I was alive for this movie. I hadn't gone into any sort of diabetic coma or anything. I hadn't. I didn't have any popcorn beforehand, and that was. I wanted to really like this movie. I did for whatever reason. Jump scares always get me. So was it? Is it a spoiler thing? I don't Do even, remember what it was. I don't was even remember on. what what on the screen jump scared me, but I know I was jump scared. <laughs> but it was, it was like a cat ran across the screen, or so, it was something so it was inane and not okay. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, I know the pyro is going off when I go watch wrestling events. Still get a little jump scare occasionally. Okay, all right, that's fine. It's, and that's you. I didn't. I didn't realize that you had that in you. <laughs> I didn't know I was with a a twelve year old. I'm surprised I've never. <laughs> been jump scared before right it didn't you. happen in jurassic world and no. it seems like that's a place where it should have happened that's where my biggest jump scare ever was watching the original jurassic park when the when t-rex's head comes through the wall when, when i was 10 10 oh yeah <laughs> i mean that's like almost breaking the seat i jump at so hard do you think that that set the a tone for you because it was early in the movie do you think that that raised some expectations you're like ah this is gonna be a joyous little event yeah, I like. It. I think I was laughing afterwards. I was at least chuckling to myself. I was laughing at you <laughs> because it. it I, I'm not. I, I movies don't move me like that. I guess I don't really. I don't really have the. I, I run pretty low. You're you're even keeled. Yeah, I'm like a salamander. All right, <laughs> fair enough. And I can't remember what it was, and neither can you. So maybe I have to go watch the movie again to see. Can we go watch it again? You can go watch it again. We watch, watch it in 3D. 3D. Yeah, yeah, you go. I'll I think this would there. be a good 3D movie. Was it not a 3? Is it, is it? It is in was 3D. Was it filmed in 3D or post produced? I, I don't know if they did post production or not. The one scene that I liked that I talked about, the chase scene, happens in the second third of the film or the <laughs> two thirds of the way in, I guess. Probably would be a decent. 3D. There's some decent imagery after the chase, post chase, and during the chase stuff. So yeah, I can I can imagine that it would be decent. I don't know if it's worth it though. I don't know if it's worth it to spend the eight bucks to go see it non 3D. See it 2D. I don't know. I can't recommend it. I I don't know if I can recommend it, Mister Two Frames. I'm sorry. I think if you really like the Terminator films, you can enjoy. I did. I did. I watched the Terminator. I was excited. To you see saw the this. first one. I did, and I saw half of the second one after. Yeah, I, I think this does. Like I said, the 1984 stuff's really smart. I there, did like that. There's a scene where Jai Courtney's trying to be caught up on all the information, what's going on. Uh, Emily Clark is explaining this all to him, and he gets freaked out, and they end up crashing the vehicle they're in, 
which is funny because always before in Terminator movies, they always get through all of these crazy plot points while there's a high-speed chase going on. Right. You know, in the original movie, oh, yeah, there's a Terminator from the future trying to kill you because your child leads the revolution right. against the rise of the machines. And they do this during a 70-mile-an-hour car chase, so you go along with it. Right, right. You never think to yourself how stupid it is. In this case, if you're not fully paying attention while you're driving super fast, you're going to crash. And that's what happens. Okay. I like that. All right. That Okay. I'll I like a, a lot of the shots are recreated from the original film. That's the part I liked about it. Because I had just seen Terminator. What do you think of all the time travel in this it film? Was, it was, it was, it was way too confusing to be even try to make sense out of. Okay, have we been ruined by Back to the Future? Back to the Future has set up the idea that when you time travel, anything you change immediately changes everything in the future, and you can do irreversible harm to the future if you change anything in the past, and apparently not all time travel theorists agree with that. Right, but when you start mixing up all these time travel alternate realities, and it's all based on decisions and choices, this thing puts you on a different continuum. My question then becomes, well, why are we paying any attention to this version of events? So if there's an unlimited version of events that can happen, and they all can happen simultaneously mm -hmm. and we have all of these alternate realities where in some alternate reality i'm saying go see this movie and you're saying not to go see it if we have all of those eventualities what then compels us to watch this event eventuality and what makes this particular uh movie compelling and that's where the movie lost me i'm if i put my thought to it i, I can think of probably a half dozen other scenarios that would be more interesting to me. So Fair that's enough. where the movie kind of loses me. No, I think that's a good point. I also think it's hard because we're not always sure when we watch a time travel movie, what are the rules for this film? That's the other thing. If you don't establish rules, if you don't set up rules to follow, then you can go anywhere you want. But then it gets so confusing. Is this Back to the Future time travel rules? Is this Primer? Is this Looper? Is right. this Terminator? And then not all movies are always great with their time travel rules. A lot of times there are problems that occur. There are plot holes. Right. Well, Should we have you, a unified time travel theory for movies? Like you have to use these rules if you're going to do no, time travel in a movie. No. That's like saying that you can only use primary colors to paint. And people have different points of view and perspectives. So the artist should be allowed to promote whatever vision they want or produce whatever vision they want. But I, you don't have to like it right. if you go to see it. So, no, I don't think you need to follow I mean, a specific code. I mean, I love time travel I as think a you, plot device. It's just so confusing. But I think follow. you need to set up the rules and and follow the rules without going, without figuring out a way to go around the rules. And I think that's what this movie does. It plays with the edges of the rules and maybe goes completely off track. But at some point, you, you in order to really kind of follow it, you would be spending a whole lot of time drawing diagrams and you know i think there's a line in looper about that mm -hmm. putting drawn diagrams on napkins and stuff and if i want to be entertained i don't necessarily want to have to do that at the same time i want to, want to try to figure out how this fits in and i found myself having to stop myself from doing it like i had a whole lot of questions 
but that they weren't necessarily compelling questions and there aren't any real answers unless there's another two or three movies that result from it. So I don't know. It just, it, it, it wore me down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I try to forgive time travel plot holes. There were other plot holes that were bigger in this film that I had a problem with. Right. There's um, a lot of stuff. Though. The inconsistent physics with what happens when you're a liquid Terminator. If a bullet hits you, you get a giant ripple slash hole in your body. Right. But if Arnold, with his Terminator strength, punches you in the face, you react like a human does. And your chin gets turned over to the side. Right. Shouldn't he be causing giant splatter effects? You know, if he hits you with a telephone pole, right, if you're shouldn't that metal. behave kind of like a bullet does? I mean, I know it's not moving as fast as right. a bullet, but there's a lot more mass. That stuff bothers me. But they're inconsistent with that. Like sometimes it does. Like sometimes his head will bend around a pole or like the liquid, the T-1000, I think is what you're talking about. Yeah. This liquid metal. Thing. But don't they go up to like T-3000? Yeah, but it's it's the same what stuff. What happened to T-2000? <laughs> See? <laughs> So now there's a T-8000. Oh, my God. What happened to all those other iterations? I don't know. Yeah. So there's inconsistencies with the physics. There's inconsistencies with the Those things bother me. And to me, those are decisions that should be made at a lower level. You know, the fight coordinators or the special effects guys. I don't know who's making those choices. But there also seems to me like there's a few times, like they're halfway through the movie or they're halfway through or into something and they, they have to explain something away or else it doesn't make any sense. It's like someone stopped him. Like maybe some low level script supervisor said something like, well, this, we have to figure this. We have to say why this is thing is happening. And then they throw it in there. All right, well, let's just say this and that'll fix that. Yeah. The problem is the edges are so frayed that the, it doesn't hold together. Things fall apart. It feels it's like this movie today. was rushed into production by about yeah. six months. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's. I I really don't think that this the second third of the you know, the last third of the movie was uh was tight. Yeah, I mean so. to me it's here we'll start filming, but you know we'll work out some of these later parts as we go along, and I don't think they ever really knit them together quite as well as they could have. Do you want to spoil some stuff? Sure, let's get into spoilers. All right, so you're saying go see it. Yeah. I'm saying yeah, wait maybe to see it on. If, if You're you, saying go see it in 3D, even. If you were perfectly happy with Jurassic World, yeah, you can be perfectly happy with this Terminator movie. Okay. That 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 would be my benchmark. Isn't Jurassic World like in 80% positive ratings? A lot of people like it. A lot of people, lot of people can people go along like with movie, it. I, I went along with Jurassic World. I mean, it's Terminator. You know if you All like right. Terminator or not. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and spoil some stuff. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. I don't want to spoil the party, so I'll go. Who sent back Pops? <laughs> That's the first thing. That's they a... send Pops back to 1974? Something like that. Or something, whatever the nine-year-old version of uh, Sarah Connor was to protect her. And he, he becomes her... Uh, father figure. So that sets off the alternate timeline, right? Now, if you're thinking about Butterfly Effect, the fact that Sarah Connor is raised by Pops is not going to put her in a situation where, or it's not going to create a reality where they can go back into 1984 and it'll be set up just exactly like... Uh, oh, you think a bunch of other stuff Yeah, ripple changed. effects from that. Like her, chill, her, her parents... 
are killed. That's how Pops gets... But her parents are killed by a Terminator, right? In the original film? No, in this, in, oh, in in this? this version, I think. Yeah, and then you're never really sure how the Terminator defeated... So that so Pops goes Whatever, back into yeah. time to save her from that, and then he becomes her. Like, why would they even be in the same hometown? I she, obviously she's not a waitress in this, and she says that she explains it all. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't seem. Again, this is the alternate reality that I just wouldn't want to follow necessarily. I, I was along for the ride, but then after a minute, I was like, "Well, wait a minute. Are they going to explain who sent Pops back to the nine-year-old version of Sarah Connor?" Hopefully they're waiting till uh, one of the future trilogy movies to explain that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's what I chalked it up to. You think they just to. forgot? Now they're no, going to see I, this is why. Yeah. I think that was kept for maybe a later script, or I'm sorry, an earlier script, and now they'll just work it into the you know next film. Okay. I mean, because there are, yeah, there are lots of little holes like that. That's a that is a hole. This is a different type of problem I have with it. I think they wasted J.K. Simmons. I think they wasted him as an actor. Oh, I'm so glad you brought up J.K. Simmons. Why? Be- because I misspoken about him before. But I'll, I'll wait. You do your thing. All right. It's well. I understand that he's like supposedly part part of the the scenario of uh, Terminator One and Two is Sarah Connor has insight. And nobody believes her mm-hmm. because it sounds crazy. This guy gives them credit for, you know, that he believes that there's a future. So I understand his role as someone that's like the reversal of the skeptic, just like the reversal that you talked about in terms of the, the car wreck. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that concept. I just don't think that they used the actor well. I don't think that he was developed well. I don't think he was necessarily as funny as he could have been. And he wasn't in there long enough for me to be happy because he was one of the main reasons I went to go see it. It's like if they put Jack Nicholson in Jaws as a deputy, you know, or Al Pacino as a stormtrooper in Star Wars. It just, it, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Well, and they also changed the character part. He is supposed to be the older version of the cop that was in the department store. Right, the one that Kyle, Kyle Reese saves. Instead, he's trying to be the doppelganger of the Earl Bowen character, Dr. Silberman, from the first two films. No, he's not. He's the reverse of that. Yeah, but it's he's a different but it's a di- but it's that, a different character even. They should they could have worked it in if they were being smart and had him be Dr. Silberman in nineteen eighty four. But he couldn't in, have been that future. Well, see Silberman is a skeptic. Yeah, but you could still reverse that character now that we're on an alternate timeline. Oh, By making him a completely different character, I, I think it dilutes the product. I have a big problem with every the, the end-of-the-world apocalypse of occurring in San Francisco. Apparently, this is where it's all going to go down. So, like every other movie has, the Golden Gate Bridge is getting destroyed by monkeys or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, explosions. So, yeah. I, I also think one of the other big problems with this film is there's no middle conflict to get through. There's no conflict in the middle of this film that you have to get through. Unless, and, unless you're saying the, the, the love relationship, like the stress. The, like their rescue from the hospital. Is that, that doesn't feel as good as the police uh, headquarters shootout in the first film 
or having it right. blow up the built the office building in the second film. I think that they were relying on the big reveal in the hospital scene of John Connor actually being a Terminator mm-hmm. to be the big wow moment there. And I suppose that could have worked if it hadn't been spoiled in a in a yeah, spoiler, uh, you know, in the marketing for the film. But then again, you'd have to be invested so much in John Connor and Sarah Connor for it to work at all. Because most people going to see this movie, I don't think, are going to be Terminator completists. Like, if you want your movie to be successful, Mm -hmm. why would you rely just on that that small subsection of people that know all of the nuances of John Connor and that would be knocked out or floored by, oh my God, John Connor is the Terminator. I agree. It's also hurt that John Connor is always played by a different actor in all of the films. But they keep those scars pretty consistent. Yeah, but... Just never explain them. But if you had watched the character be good for four movies in a row and then all of a sudden, no, he's the bad guy, that's a great reversal. It's kind of like in um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Henry Fonda turns out to be your villain. Right. And for Henry Fonda's entire career, he was always the good guy. So to finally see him as a bad guy was awesome. Yeah, same thing with Double Indemnity. But Fred here, Murray, he was you know, he out of out of type. Yeah, but now it's Jason Clark. I mean, he's a nice actor. I know I've seen him in other stuff, but yeah. there's no gravitas. So when he has this role reversal, it doesn't do anything for me. Right. It didn't. It didn't move me at all. And then the visuals attached to that weren't any more impressive than the visuals in Terminator 2, I thought. Where, what is he like, uh, now he's... Nano technology. Yeah. with, yeah, it's like bio-metal or something. No, I liked, uh, the Asian Terminator. Yeah, but who explain? how do you explain that guy? He's not even... He's just a liquid Terminator, but I like the one part where he cuts off his arm, and then he uses it as a spear. Right. You know, he, and he uses a bit of himself as a tracking, tracking device. device. I was like, that's awesome. We need more liquid Terminator. Would you have liked if they had brought back uh, who played the T-1000 in the original movies? Or t- uh... Oh, um, Patrick something. They asked him to come back, and he said no. He he was too old. He's got a bad hip. He couldn't do oh, any okay. of the stunts. Um, he's on Scorpion now. He's the like right. FBI government agency guy. You know, in uh, 1991 when they were putting out T uh, Terminator 2, mm-hmm. they asked Michael Bean to come back. To be the T one thousand. Ooh, that would have been good. Uh, but they thought it would be too confusing for audiences, so they didn't do it. This movie, I think that they would have done it. <laughs> they would have just said, "Whatever, audience. <laughs> Who cares if the audience is confused? It doesn't make any difference. We got some cool stuff, some cool explosions." So I don't know. I mean, this series is notable for taking one of the great villains of all time, Arnold, as a Terminator, and turning him into one of the ultimate good guys. Yeah, that is a pretty good move. And yeah. they tried to capture that with making John Connor a Terminator. Yeah, I just... Yeah, it doesn't work, though. We needed more setup. The stuff in the future was too rushed with John Connor. They needed the, to set that up more. The future future. The yeah, the future future. Not the... Okay. And then, like, uh, the Matt Smith character, the guy who plays a Doctor Who. Yeah. I think he was one of the older ones. His character comes out of nowhere. If you had set it up like they're this trinity of resistance fighters and they always rely on each other, yeah. that could be interesting. But when he just comes out of nowhere, it doesn't work. Those the are movie spo- is two hours long, though. So even to add that little bit of backstory would have been. 
I, I don't know. You got to find a way to make it work. Yeah, and they, I, well, you talked about exposition in this movie. All of that falls on the shoulders of a guy whose claim to fame is having an accent as thick as his bicep. Arnold Schwarzenegger has to explain everything that happens through the movie. Like, oh, yes, uh, I, I used to work here. I used to work at this place for, for 25 years waiting for you to show up. You Until know, I got like, laid off. Yeah. They don't explain why he got laid off. But it's all... Uh, he built a secret uh, room for them to hide. It's, yeah, and, and you've thing. had 25 years to blow up this facility. Instead, you're going to wait until you have mere minutes left to destroy Skynet. Yeah. I mean, but I realize that's what a movie has to do. I, I don't but know. I, I'm, I'm the type of person that likes you to show me and not tell me. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I had a pro- And then the, them choosing to have Arnold Schwarzenegger tell us everything that's going to happen. Or everything that's happening explaining the liquid metal, explaining where this building came from. But he does it in 10 words or less always. <sighs> that, that's at least impressive. Maybe because he, I don't know. Again, that, that bothered me. It's uh, like, oh, key, key part to explain exposi- or, you know, the exposition of this uh, event. Do you think it's hurt that the director, Alan Taylor, comes more from a TV background where he's used to having 10 hours to tell a story. I mean, he's worked on Game of Thrones, um, Breaking Bad, bunch of TV shows. And I think we're going to see a lot of directors coming from the TV world and having worked on hit TV shows and being given movies. Right. And if they're so used to having years to tell a story or, you know, 20 episodes a season, what happens when you say, here, you got to do everything in two hours? Yeah, maybe he's also like trying to, to manufacture a scenario where he gets hired to continue the franchise. So maybe maybe he left some of these things out on purpose so uh-huh. that he can come back to, ah, oh, we have to explain who sent back Pops. Yeah. I don't know. I do like that they finally upgraded Schwarzenegger's Terminator for the future films. But why is he, when he when he becomes a T-3000, I guess, what made a, out yeah. of liquid metal, a T-1000 made out mm-hmm. of liquid metal, why does he retain his old self when he could be anything he wanted but to see, be, that shape that well, he wanted Well, because he has to first be recognizable, but that's the smart thing. If Schwarzenegger doesn't want to have a big part in the future films, you can always have him change shape. He can be something else. Yeah, I understand And it's why. still the Terminator character. So I thought that was very, very smart on the filmmakers because they gave themselves a huge you out. You do realize how, how many people seeing this movie would, would never understand why or how he came back. Because you just see him sort of fall into the pit in the corner of the screen. And then the next thing you know, he comes back as sort of a deus ex machina. And and most people, I can tell most people that, like most of my students, most people that watch these guys of movies are not thinking along, oh man, he's going to come back as a liquid Terminator now. Because everything about that was explained by him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't I know. I thought that they'll go over all of that in the next film. They'll <sighs> so you explain think it be again. Next film? Yeah. Oh, what yeah. do you think it'll be? What was what, the plot line? I think you got to start going in the future. I mean, though, I wish they would go back and the machines realize they got to stop trying to kill the Connor family. Instead, what they need to do is marry Sarah Connor's mother so that she never has Sarah Connor. <sighs> so what we have is a 1950s screwball comedy. Right. Where Schwarzenegger's having to come back and fight for the affections of um, 
Melissa. Like, like Back Connor. to the Future. Yeah. Melissa. That, <laughs> M- Emily. Emily, yeah, whatever. But that's what I want to see. I want to see the screwball uh, rom-com. My prediction Terminator. is Sarah Connor comes back as a Terminator. Um, that's going to be the twist. Everyone's goes, a Terminator. Everyone's you're a Terminator, Terminator <laughs> you're a Terminator, and you're a Terminator. It would be great if she had dragon eggs. She came back at the time. And then they had dragon Terminators. Could you imagine? Amelia Clark goes better with dragons anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I like her better on Terminator Trump. Dragons. That'd be awesome for a well, minute. I look forward in two years to reviewing Terminator 6, whatever they call it. Sextant. <laughs> Who knows? I don't think it'll happen. This is the you point. You really don't think they're going to make another Terminator film? I don't know. I don't think it, I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. I think it'll be like the uh, Fred Flintstone franchise that died in the early 90s. Oh, that's still going strong. In animated I films? So. I don't think so. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> this is the thing, though. This is the key exposition. This is the key thing. If John Connor, who compelled Kyle Reese to go back in time to become his dad, only exists because he was born or conceived in 1984, in this version, they don't have sex in 1984. John Connor shouldn't exist at all. They go from 1984 to 2017. That's Back to the Future logic. No, here, here's what you do. You, you want to know how you do this? It's really simple. Uh, Emily Clark and Jai Courtney have a kid. You send the kid back in a time machine to 1984 where Pops' is Terminator raises the child and doesn't tell them when he sees them 20 plus years in the future, uh, 2017, whenever that is. But they've saved the earth. It, like in this version, they've already. Yeah. You, well, yeah. But no, if they have <laughs> to have John have to Connor, they're going to have John Connor. They're going to send him back as a baby to 1984 and Schwarzenegger's pops's Terminator will be there to raise it. Okay. Boom. I think I should work for Hollywood. I think if I knew, this is where there, there's a reality check. If I personally knew, let's say I'm Kyle Reese, and I know with some degree of certainty that my progeny is going to be the linchpin that destroys the Earth and brings about the apocalypse, I might choose abstinence. No, no, no. His progeny doesn't bring about the apocalypse. In this version, he does. John Connor is the one that brings about the apocalypse in this version. No, well, the machines are already in charge. And he's a machine. He gets turned into one, but you can save him later on. But he also is... I'm having sex with been, Emily Clark. <laughs> we'll use condoms. Use those Watchmen condoms. <laughs> those blue... Or, or get, get snipped. That's my advice. If you're going... If you know that your child is, is potentially going to become John Connor and is going to be the linchpin around which the apocalypse is revolves, then you're going to have to... You're going to have to to engage in sex, safe sex. Sa- safer sex than you would have normally. I don't know. I, I, right. I, I could write a couple sequels. I already got ideas. They're right. coming. Do awesome. they involve dragons? No. Unfortunately not. Terminator dragons? All right. No predators either or aliens. <laughs> we could have an awesome just uh, smorgasbord movie. Put them all in there. Would there be any minions? Yeah, we could have some animated minions. I might go see it then. They could be following Roger Rabbit. A little disappointed I saw this, though. Oh, Roger Rabbit's going to be on there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, it'll be okay. awesome. Lena Headley? 
Oh yeah, yeah. And her body double from and she Game plays she plays uh, her Game of Thrones role. She plays her Sarah Connor role, and she plays her role from Three Hundred. Because you also have to have all three hundred Spartans. Right. Yeah. Would you have them go back in time to Game of Thrones times as Terminators? Like, would you have a liquid <sighs> metal Terminator going through? Uh, at the wall. I'd love to see a liquid Terminator, yeah, going up against the undead or against the mountain. Alright. Oh, and then we gotta get the Dinklage in there. Yeah. A Dinklage Terminator? (laughs) Could you imagine? Instead of everything's bigger in the the one, you have a smaller. (laughs) He's made out of, like, uh, liquid aluminum. What could you do? But it's an eight-ounce can. Not much. (laughs) You're a Terminator? Yeah, I was first generation. The T1. Yeah. I've He's got... a T one. Uh, then you have to have uh, Eddie Murphy come back as the as the Black Terminator. You have to have that sequence in there. Oh, I'd love it. We've had an Asian American or an Asian Terminator, so yeah, we need to have a Black Terminator. Come on, man. Get with the program. Get Shaq. <laughs> no, that's too big now. And then he can be the T, whatever his jersey number was. Thirty four, I think. Yeah. All right. So there you go, Hollywood. Pay attention to us, and you'll have some uh, bang-up script <laughs> or oh. some good story ideas. I- I'm ready. Just send the plane ticket. <laughs> I think our listeners want to know what's going on with the uh, with the box office challenge, Mr. Two Frames. Box office challenge is not looking terribly good for me. Yeah, you had a bummer uh, week. Yeah, you had two. Fi- you've had two films so far. You've made 125 million. I had Magic Mike Double XL this weekend, and it underperformed terribly it only did 12.8 million Ooh, i don't know about those figures mr two we can check them that's what i got on bots office mojo all right i had 11.8 wow yeah it could be important because i'm telling you you're gonna get 150 this weekend with minions yeah i was very surprised by that magic mike couldn't even get me 20 million if it had opened on a friday it would have maybe uh yeah the four day the the i think it made 28 million in the first Two days. Uh, it seems to be underperforming. It's yeah. been tepid. So. Oh well. All right. Well, we'll get those numbers straight because the the people want to know. All right. Well, but you're we also, you're up a hundred million. We on don't me know easy. what we're gonna do. <laughs> what we're gonna do if we lose. So. Yeah. No, we haven't really made that choice yet. We have to figure that out. Maybe you have to watch Magic Mike, like like Tony <laughs> C suggested. <laughs> I, I uh, asked my wife if we were ever going to see a movie together in theaters this summer, and she said. How about Magic Mike? <laughs> she called my bluff. And you didn't go? I said no. Well, well. There's always the next year. There's Magic Mike Triple X. Or Havana Nights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So that's the Terminator. Uh, next week, um, we're going to do Minions. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Some of us are. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Can we see that in 3D? No. I Can can't see? see 3D, Mr. Two Frames. I see 1D. I have one eye. I'm like you see Popeye. 1D? You I'm see like, 2D. I'm like Popeye. <laughs> I have one good eye. So it's my it's the bane of my existence. Alright, as Kyle Reese said to the original Sarah Connor and the original Terminator, listen, understand. That Terminator is out there. He can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever, until you are dead. So for Mr. Two Frames over there, it's been a pleasure. I'm the L-Trade. 
Box that boat up, everybody. There be dragons. It's the good stuff. Yeah. The Laugh Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm the L train. Oh, wait a minute. Literature and film, I should have said, right? Cross out that time code. Move on to the next one. That'd be uh, condescending. We just went through how many repeats of of your intro. I don't know if we need All right, it. you're on the clock. <laughs> Can you beat four? <laughs>